Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Meditation has stood the test of time. This is truly an ancient practice. And in many indigenous cultures all throughout the world, it's all-inclusive, transcendental, goes beyond space and time. The default mode network is the one we go into when our mind is wandering. That's when we're doing something, but we're not thinking about what we're doing. We're washing the dishes, but we're thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow. According to a large Harvard study, we're in that 47% of our day. That's a lot of time. That's just like your waking hours. Being in the default mode network seems to be a cause of unhappiness. The more you are doing something and you're not being present while you're doing that thing, the less happy you are. The happiness research is uncovering, the gratitude research is uncovering it. That's all there in meditation. What we know now makes us happy is all in this ancient practice. The science is supporting what we know intuitively, what ancient people knew intuitively. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired keep evolving hey there guys this week's guest is Anne Swanson she is a yoga teacher and meditation teacher this is a fun conversation about 83 different types of meditation what check it out now welcome back to the inspired evolution and we have with us today inspiring our evolution Anne Swanson and how are you there 
I'm doing well. How are you doing, Amri? Uh, it is such a pleasure and a treat to have you here. I'm doing better for having you here. For those tuning in to and for the first time, The Science of Yoga was a book that she wrote. It's been translated into 15 different languages. It's a best-selling book. She's recently wrote a book, Meditations for the Real World. And uh, I don't have a physical copy of this book yet. And I was just... Um, it was a little bit to my behest. I was like, oi, and <laughs> I want to copy of this book just because of how gorgeous it looks. Um, as I was flicking through the uh, online version of it, I was like, I need one of these for my coffee table just because the uh, the images and the, yeah, I just love the way that it's put together. And uh, yeah, you're holding up a version of it now. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And yeah, thanks so much for writing the book. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. And this book is by DK. My publisher is known for coffee table books. The illustrator, Michelle Mildenberg Lara, she actually does illustrations for the New Yorker and the New York Times. The last book I wrote, Science of Yoga, has a brilliant illustration team too that used CGI. So DK is really just known for bringing together the science and the academics with illustrations for adults and for kids. You probably know some other books for your kids too. Yeah, I love that. And I wanted to start today by understanding a little bit, because um, you went from the science of yoga to writing meditations for the real world. Um, there is obviously a very close um, relationship between yoga and meditation, but I'd still love to get your insights in terms of um, there is so much that's available to people in the space of yoga that, you know, most people dedicate their life wholly and solely to yoga. And here you are um, further supporting people down the path of meditation. What inspired you to write um, or co-write um, or write a book on um on medit on meditation um what was going on yeah yeah so when i wrote science of yoga i was very careful to integrate not just the muscles and bones of course there's a lot with muscles and bones with yoga and that's what is the selling point is these pictures but my favorite part was the beginning part where i dive into all the systems of the body beyond just the muscles and bones, the respiratory system and the endocrine system, the cardiovascular system, and how yoga affects each system. How does it affect your hormones? How does it affect your mental health, your nervous system? And that's where we have some of the most profound and interesting research on yoga. So I really tried to emphasize that as well as integrating some philosophy throughout there. And I feel like, you know, because the muscles and bones is what people are drawn to with yoga and the 30 poses with the beautiful CGI images, that's what I got a lot of comments on was like, oh, I liked the poses. I liked the beautiful poses. They helped me understand the muscles. And I love that. I really do. Um, but I encourage people to read the other parts of the book, the Q&A at the end that applies it to your life. All the systems of your body are affected. And so I knew I wanted to go into the next book, something that was more about the, I would say the esoteric practices, the practices that are spiritual, the science of spirituality, the practices that are more subtle, 
the energetic practices and look into the science of that. Get away from the muscles and bones. And meditation seemed like the right path forward. And when I wrote Meditation for the Real World, I wanted to put a lot of science in it. So I teamed with Dr. Sarah Lazar. She's a Harvard neuroscientist who's done a lot of groundbreaking research on meditation, on yoga, and she puts people in MRI scans, scanners and does these really elaborate, expensive uh research studies that go on for a decade. And so I think it's been really interesting to have her perspective and her insights as she looked through the book and gave me feedback. You know what? We're not really talking about those areas of the brain as much in meditation and neuroscience. We're more talking about these networks and how everything works together. And she just redirected some of the things that I learned even just like a couple years ago that neuroscience is so rapidly uncovering. We know so little about the brain. It's like discovering outer space. We're discovering it at a rapid rate because there's so much to learn. So uh, it has all the science in there, but from a very practical way, from a way that you can apply it into your life with step-by-step instructions. That was important to me is that you could actually, here's the issue, anxiety, sleep, too much overwhelm from doom scrolling, whatever real world problem you're having, boredom while commuting, And then here's the science, what the science says about how meditation could help, different techniques of meditation. Now, here's a step-by-step practice. Go ahead and read it. This is what you do and do it with me as you read it or set a timer and do it right now. Yeah. And I find um, even just the way you've uh, broken the book down into how meditation actually works for us, what it is and all the different types of techniques that are available to us to, you know, what it does for a healthy mind and like actually supporting us with good mental health all the way through to then like, you know, what does it mean for our body? Um, which I think is, yeah, often overlooked because I think a lot of people associate and I remember myself even um, prior to becoming a meditation teacher, a lot of it was um, benefits for the mind. But there are some, the more and more time I spend, um, well, down this path, the inspired evolution, and I've jokingly said this, and those that have been following along recently know that I say this more often than not now, um, it's slowly becoming the inspired uh, nervous system evolution (laughs) in some way. Um, And there are some serious benefits, um, serious is a weird word to use, but there are some serious benefits um, that, you know, meditation has for our body as well. And there's a whole part of the book dedicated to that. Um, And then you bring meditation home for the everyday in terms of how we actually work with it. Um, Your own journey towards the path of meditation, and I sort of bring that in because I'm conscious that those tuning in, you know, oftentimes I find with meditators, they'll be heavily on their meditation bandwagon for a while. And then some people are just religious for life, but then some people are like, you know what, um, it comes and goes and ebbs and flows and their practice sometimes is more inspired and less inspired at others uh, at other moments in time. And that's just, you know, it's totally a normal part of the evolution. And some people meditated and then they sort of dropped off. Um, I think it's always inspiring to sort of hear um, someone else's journey with meditation and how they're going and what their path was. So yeah, how did um, yeah your own relationship with meditation came through yoga, I imagine? Um, hashtag, I'm just here for the Shavasana. I know I would love that t-shirt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but maybe I'm oh, wrong. You enough. tell me. <laughs> yeah. 
Funny enough is I hated Shavasana. When I would go to the yoga practices, I would lie at the end of class and I'm like, I have things to do. I have to go. This is a waste of my time. So at first I came for the physical, like many people. And then I started to, you know, find a technique that worked for me, like squeezing and releasing your muscles before that progressive muscle relaxation is what it's called, where you sequentially squeeze each muscle group to allow the muscle fibers to lengthen and relax. And you can feel that ease immediately. Then I could do Shavasana. So once I found techniques that started to work just through some trial and error and going to different classes, I started to discover, wow, this really helps me with my anxiety and with my chronic pain. I've had chronic pain since I was a teenager. And we know now more than ever that chronic pain is your nervous system's interpretation of what's going on that's inaccurate. There's not really something necessarily that's 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 wrong that needs to be fixed. It's more an interpretation issue. So that is actually quite easeful. It's not like it's all in your head. Instead, it's like, you know what? You can do meditation and change your mindset and that will help your pain. And so I started to feel that my pain was better managed. And then as I got more nuanced into meditation, I was using it for everyday problems. And I remember I have this huge problem. When I go to the doctor's office and I get a medical procedure and I, for some reason, do not connect with the nurse or the doctor, I feel like they're dismissing me, they're rushing, they're not, uh, they don't have that good relationship. I get very nervous. Inside manner, attention of care. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's so critical. And we know that now, but whenever that happens, which it sometimes does every single time I pass out. I mean, I am on the floor. I sometimes am convulsing. I like when I come to, this isn't like a little, little pass out experience. When I come to, they're always like, what's your name? I don't understand that I'm human. I don't know my name. And then when I start to like feel, okay, I have boundaries on my body. Like you feel boundaryless, timeless. It feels infinite. And then you start to feel the boundaries on your body and you start to come back and you're like, okay, I am human. I'm in danger. Am I in some foreign country without my organs? I'm like looking down. I'm like trying to gather and figure out what's going on. It feels like an eternity. I'm crying. And then I, uh, eventually start to understand what's going on. And they, they've told me this all happens, even though it feels like an eternity in like 10 seconds. It's crazy how time gets worked. And then I have this adrenaline rush for the whole day or the next day where I don't sleep well. I'm anxious. It's just affects it. It makes it worse. You know, I get even more scared to go to the doctor. So I go to a yoga teacher and I say, what can I do? How can I get better at this? all right, here's the technique you're going to use. You're going to notice your body sensations. You're going to feel your internal sensations. You're going to notice your breath moving in and out, which are the classic focal points for a lot of meditation, a lot of mindfulness techniques is body sensations and breath. So I go there, I feel prepared, you know, the same thing happens. And I start to notice, oh, I have a metal taste in my mouth. Oh, my heart is pounding out of my chest. Oh, it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Boom. I pass out quicker. So it turns out when I dove into the research and looked, actually for very anxious people, when you have that acute anxiety, body awareness and breath awareness make it worse in the short term. That 
it can actually make you pass out quicker or have more anxious feelings. And I think if you've ever felt that, uh, that's, that's, you know, common and, that well, now think that you mentioned that it, it they... makes a lot of sense. Sorry, I'm interrupting, yeah. aren't I? Um, but like, because yeah, because when you get anxious about something, it's like, oh, this is going to happen a little bit frequency, right? Um, and then you're focused and it's happening and then you're like, oh, it's happening and it's, oh, it's really happening. And then you've like accelerated the, yeah, sorry, I, I interrupted there. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no worries. So it, it does do that. It's like a cycle. It gets you into this space where you're worried that this is going to happen and then it does happen and it self-fulfills. So that was not the right technique for me. <laughs> and I started to look into what techniques would be helpful for that sort of situation. And each situation in my life could use a different technique. I think we all, a lot of us that have practiced meditation, we have like our go-to techniques, we just go to and we practice, but there's so many and you can apply them for different things for different purposes. As a yoga therapist, that's really important to me. I work with yoga therapeutically for people dealing with chronic pain or anxiety, mental health, and I adapt it for each person, each situation. So this really interested me with meditation. And that's where I looked into the research as well as looking into what the traditions say about using loving kindness meditation, uh, using metta, using other types of compassion meditation. And that's another thing I feel like in the yoga world, we kind of tend to just try one or two types of meditation. We don't do the whole array of styles. So I really wanted to figure out how can I integrate more and more styles and types and techniques of meditation for specific situations. Yeah, and I think the rabbit hole that opens up when you start with that query is actually quite deep. Um, I remember when I first started teaching meditation, I used to say this affectionately just to sort of ease the, um, I guess, the pressure on people to be doing it right because there's a lot of this, um, am I meditating? You know, when you, people first come to meditate, am I meditating, am I doing it right? And to that I would, you know, initially preface um, or prepare the room by sort of saying, you know, if there's 7.6 billion people alive at the time, now it's, I think it's gotten to 8 billion people on the planet, but there's probably 8 different billion ways to meditate, you know. Um, but obviously there are these entire bodies and schools of thought um, around meditation that you've gone and unpicked and explored and put together in the book. Um, before we dive into the different types of techniques... Hey, you're Inspired Tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the Inspired Evolution thriving, my one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life, that these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me 
easy to trust him. Working with Emirate at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emirate, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. You've mentioned how you've had some... Um... In the book, I guess I'm guess I'm sort of diving in a little bit here, and hopefully it's okay to do so. Um, you had some really dark challenges as well, like you've been through some existential crises, if I can say it that way, um, with where meditation helped with some of that as well. Um, I think it's useful to hear, or very inspiring to hear, just how helpful meditation has been for you navigating some of the anxiety. Um, and then opening up to different practices, but then also sometimes, yeah, I think some people are aware um, that meditation is for, like it is, a, it is a modality towards enlightenment and some of these more spiritual paths, and it can actually be very supportive. Um, but then also, you know, some of those awakenings, let's call it that, um, come from some of these darker nights of the soul. Um, yeah, can you describe some of your challenges and how meditation supported you through something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we've all had some sort of existential crisis some I'll point in our lives. <laughs> put my hand up twice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we grow, right? So we yeah. have to remember that. And I did have this one particular time where I went into a deep, deep depression and I was having trouble sleeping and working with my mindset. And I would eventually end up putting some meditations, meditation apps on my phone, on the homepage, because I was finding myself going to Instagram or going to YouTube too much. So I put them on my homepage and I would do a 10 minute meditation, a five minute meditation, whatever I could do to ease that sensation, those feelings that I was having. And I would then get hooked and I would like, okay, let me do another and then another. And so that five minute meditation would turn into an hour. I call these my meditation marathons where I would just get out of that funk through just listening to one that helped me feel just a little bit better and then another and then another. And that's not how I meditate daily. I more integrate them through the day. But when I was dealing with this big crisis, that's what I needed was I needed to hear a voice guiding my mind because my mind was going places I didn't want to go. And so I needed to be guided. 
so it's really helped me through my own anxiety. I'm not naturally a chill person. I was a very anxious child, even a very anxious baby. And so uh, it truly does help with anxiety to, to meditate over time. And I've noticed that for myself. It's, it, you know, a lot of people say meditation changed their life or even saved their life. And I think that that's true for me. Yeah, I love hearing. Yeah, I love hearing just the sharings around um, how meditation has supported others. And I know you do too because you've written a whole book dedicated to it. Um, yeah, the way I share it from stages, like meditation actually reconstituted um, my life, you know, when you think about um Yeah, it's it's such a profound gift um, when you stumble across it in some ways as well. And I love that it came to you um, the way that it did. You've mentioned a couple of times um, already in the conversation, and I think there's definitely a conversation in there for us to have around just the modern world and meditation being a bit of an ancient practice and just how it's, well, it's not also rearing its head, but it's also becoming ever more relevant um in today's world um i guess maybe for you to speak to potentially like what are some of the factors that you find in today's world that make um, an ancient practice like meditation so uh, pertinent yeah listen meditation has stood the test of time this is truly an ancient practice that transcends even cultures we can't just say it's one culture it has been in many indigenous cultures all throughout the world. There's a variety of meditation techniques that people discovered and discovered or created or gotten touch with with their intuition. But meditation is it's all inclusive, transcendental, goes beyond space and time practice, and it will continue to stand the test of time because it works. And what I love to dive into the science and see that the science is supporting what we know intuitively, what we've known, what ancient people knew intuitively, that we need to feel what's happening right now. We need to pay attention to our intuition. We need to listen to our body signals and we need to connect with others. A lot of the meditations are about connection, connection with other people, sending them light and love. So these themes that we all know and that the happiness research is uncovering and every realm of research is uncovering it, the gratitude research is uncovering it. That's all there in meditation. What we know now makes us happy is, is all in this ancient practice. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Can I ask what is, um, I'm sure, well, I was going to ask what is your favorite meditation um, modality and practice? And I imagine it changes from time to time, but I shouldn't stop <laughs> putting words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite it meditation does. practice? Yeah. It, you know, it not only changes from time to time, it changes from situation to situation. Because my favorite meditation practice before bed is different than my one in the morning or right before I got on this call with you when I was grounding myself and and really connecting to focus, right? And I was a little nervous. So I'm going to adapt my meditation through the day for each situation. That's why I do like one minute meditation. So if I had to say my favorite type, it's to do a one minute meditation, a little realign, a little moment that's about a minute, even less through the day where you check in, you zone in rather than zone out or start scrolling, you realign and reassess what your body, what your intuition is telling you. So one minute meditations are my favorite. And I love that because it's like a, yeah, I affectionately look at those as like power pauses as well. One of the power questions I wanted to ask you was like, because you've um, you worked with, like you mentioned, um, neuroscientists. Is it Dr. Sarah Lazar? Um, yes. I might be saying that wrong and she's at Harvard. Um, when you started to unpack some of the science that you've mentioned, was it like was there something that was surprising to you that emerged in the science as you were going down this rabbit hole of researching and uncovering the research um, with her? Yeah. In a way, surprising, but in a way, quite intuitive. A lot of the things that I had learned in graduate school or just a few years ago were outdated. And what they're discovering in neuroscience and the way they look at the brain now is that it's not just a specific area, okay? Meditation improves connectivity and brain density in your prefrontal cortex or in your hippocampus, the area having to do with focus and the area having to do with memory. It's not just that. The brain doesn't work in isolated parts. When you're thinking, when you're connecting, when you're listening to this this episode, you're not just working one part of your brain. Just like in yoga and in meditation philosophy, it works as a unit. There's multiple areas that work together simultaneously. They're connected. And so these brain networks are more what the researchers are diving into. And a lot of people have heard of the most popular brain network right now, which is the default mode network. The default mode network is the one we go into when our brain is wandering. Our mind is wandering. Most we're actually in the default mode network, according to a large Harvard study. We're in that 47% of our day. That's when we're doing something, but we're not thinking about what we're doing. We're washing the dishes, but we're thinking about what we're going to do tomorrow. We're doing an activity and we're not present. That's a lot of time. That's just like your waking hours. So 
when you're in that, that's the default. That's where like humans go when we're not being intentional is that default place. And the thing about the research is they found that being in the default mode network is not just associated, but it is seems to be a cause of unhappiness. So the more you are doing something and you're not being present while you're doing that thing, the less happy you are. And now meditation is not about stopping your thoughts and turning off the default mode network completely. I think that's where a lot of people get bogged down and feel, oh, I'm not good at meditating. I can't do it. My mind wanders too much. Or I used to try that, but it didn't work for me. But really, the process of meditation is moving from the default mode network. I have a whole diagram of the book to explain this. So then you notice, you know what? The teacher told me to focus on my breath. But right now I'm thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner, but I'm supposed to be focusing on my breath. Now this network is, is, is going to be active, this salience network in order to determine if that's salient, is that important to think about what you're eating later tonight? Well, if you're thinking about the fire alarm that's going off right now, you know what? The salience network's going to be like, all right, that's important. That's more important than the breath get out of the house, right? But if you're thinking about what you're going to eat later tonight, the salience network is going to say, no, meditation is really good for me. I looked at the research and meditation for the real world, and I know that this is really good for all systems of my body and my happiness. So I'm going to go and practice going back to my breath. So instead of going into that mind wandering, now we're going to go into the central executive network. Central executive network is alive and in charge when you are focused on that focal point. Now people think that's meditation when you're in the central executive network, that when you're focused on what they're saying, you're meditating. No, Meditation is the process between these three networks because inevitably what's going to happen? Your mind's going to wonder. Then the salience network's going to pick up and say, is this important? You know what? It's not. Focus, focus. And then you get better at that process. That process is meditation. It's not just being in the focal point that's the meditation. When you're doing that process, then you're meditating. So even the most advanced meditators mind wander and they go through this process. Yeah, and I love that because it's part of like it then it becomes very gym like and it becomes very mental exercise. Um and it just becomes a matter of doing the reps so that yeah. you become better at wandering less and less because you've conditioned yourself a certain way. Um it's really interesting. I um had never really looked at meditation. One of the interesting pieces in the book um, that you offer up is that trying to find the time to do meditation um, is always something that, you know, I get, you know, I used to get a lot of complaints about it. So, oh, now it's another thing to do. <laughs> um, but in the book, you, you phrase it sort of differently, um, that we don't do meditation, but rather, and I'll leave that open for you to unpack and expand for us. Um, yeah, do you know which part I'm referring to there? Meditation is just something we become a part of. It's natural. I have a quote about that. I'll read this section. It's, what if I don't have time to meditate? You're not alone. Greek-American author Ariana Huffington writes in an article for the website High Existence. 
Finding time for meditation was always a challenge because I was under the impression that I had to do meditation and I didn't have time to do another burdensome thing. Fortunately, a friend pointed out one day that we don't do meditation. Meditation does us. And that opened a door for me. It's about allowing and accepting. And it's not another thing on your list of things to do if you integrate it into your life. That's where I really like that I integrated the one-minute meditations because that's what's changed my life is to do what even what we did before we went live on this podcast. We took a minute before you do something challenging or when you're recovering, when you notice you're dysregulated, to take a minute to re-regulate, to take a mindful moment before you eat your food, to say what you're grateful for to the people around you and take a deep breath of gratitude, smelling the food. When I wash my hands, instead of singing happy birthday twice to some imaginary person, like I don't know who <laughs> came up with that, I inhale for four, exhale for six, twice. And I just feel and it's this time to reset when I'm in a busy public bathroom or every single time I wash my hands through the day. So integrating it into your life is a way that meditation just becomes how you think and feel over time. The richness of that, because effectively you end up becoming more present, um, the richness that that affords you. I think it's hard to uh, describe or articulate, but maybe I'll give you an opportunity to do something because it's a podcast. Um, yeah, because what yeah. I'm hearing from you is like if you are spending less time singing to yourself happy birthday while you're washing your hands, you're actually present to washing your hands, right? Um, yeah. But then that taking that out of that moment to like extrapolating it to other moments, um, the richness that comes into your day? Yeah, I think – to have those moments to reset helps you see things clearer. Into an esoteric perspective, though, what I described earlier when I pass out and I come to, you know how time dissolves and I don't understand I have boundaries, I don't understand I have skin, and I feel infinite? There are moments in meditation where you might feel glimpses of that of that infinite feeling, of that deep connection to all, and then start to integrate that into your life. So from that more uh, esoteric perspective, that, but also, yes, you're more present. You're more present with your family, with your work. You're better focused. You're going to get more done. You're going to be more productive from that practical perspective too. And there are like some knock-on benefits that I guess a lot of people um, find from having meditated for an extended period of time on like, well, I guess it gets conflated that to some degree that, or maybe conflated is the wrong word, but paired is the word I'm looking for. Um, meditation and performance. We can see this like meditation, like high performers are generally meditators or, you know, there seems to be a relationship between the two. Did you find that in some of the stuff you came across? And if so, what's going on there? Absolutely. And that's why I have that section of the book I just read from where I mentioned Ariana Huffington and Oprah and 
tons of people, Tim Ferriss, that have achieved so much and meditate. It does go together. Um, but the important thing that it brings you in addition to your productivity is a little less attachment over time a little less attachment. So your self-worth stops being involved with the success of something. And when that happens, something magic opens up and you just start listening to your heart and your intuition and doing more what feels right for you. One of the challenges I find, because there's a lot of benefits to meditation, and again, I love, like have to get this book for the coffee table because, <laughs> you know, even just flicking through it, there's sections like, you know, discussing how it promotes neuroplasticity, how it improves our memory, um, you know, delaying onset of dementia through meditation, um, you know, it's just how it improves telomere length. Like there's so much in the book and it's presented so beautifully. Um but one of the one of the things I find is the the conversation around it can it can be so subtle and gradual um, the benefits that we receive that it most other things when a dopamine rich world let's call it that um, you know the benefits that we look for in certain things it's like oh. You know, you go for a run, you get an endorphin rush and you kind of like, okay, like I get my runs are working to some degree. You might look in the mirror and be like, oh, well, I was trying to move something and it hasn't moved, you know, that's, but um, it requires a level of like, we, we're looking for some gratification in the practices that we do. Um, and with meditation, I guess if you're suffering from something like acute anxiety and you, you know, and as you described earlier, sometimes it can make the symptoms worse, which I think is quite interesting. Um, but in certain instances it can make things like it can support you through the moment, help you ground. Um, but the, the challenge being a little bit around, yeah, people don't always get instant results with something like meditation and, yeah, how do we inspire our way through that? Like, and that's one of the things I would love to get the book as a coffee table book for, just to like remind and inspire people. Because I think the more we hear about the benefits, the better it gets. Um, it reminds us to do it. But yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts on how to navigate that journey of like, okay, I kind of hear like, and some people will be listening to this podcast today, going, okay, I remember meditation. I need to get back onto it, or you know, meditation is really good for me. I'll finally start and try. Um, but then they'll do one meditation and be like, I'm not sure I'm any different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that meditation can bring immediate results. I think though you might need to change the technique or when you're using it to fit your needs, put it in a time where you need immediate results. Don't schedule it in. Cross meditation off your to-do list and instead integrate it. We want to have this in melding where we're meditating because, you know, I, I'm about to go on a Zoom call and I'm nervous. I'm meditating because I'm about to go into a family event and I'm nervous. So I'm in the car and I'm just going to gather my energy and settle. I'm about to go into the doctor's office. So by the way, what does work 
meditation technique for if you have the same sort of thing as me and a doctor's office or acute anxiety in those situations is instead two different techniques I've found that work, work really well. And it kind of depends on the situation. So if it's a type of procedure where they don't need me to talk or like I could kind of go off into another world, I'm going to visualize I'm at the beach. I'm going to wiggle my toes. I literally wiggle my toes. I imagine them in the sand and I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to listen to the sound of the waves and I'm just going to go there. My breath will become the sound of the waves. Now, if I do need to like answer questions and be present uh, with the, the doctor or whatever event you're at where you're overwhelmed, then instead I do grounding. So I'll feel my feet on the ground. I feel my myself sitting on whatever surface I'm on. I'll maybe even place my hands on my lap, palms down to feel more grounded. And I'll maybe focus on the exhales to feel the energy sinking down. So rather than focusing on those internal sensations in the breath, which to me made it worse in those situations, I use these techniques and they give immediate results. And so you may need to put the technique in a time where you need immediate results because we do see the same thing as after a run, you get an endorphin rush, you do have endorphins change from uh, get boosted from meditation. We have release of oxytocin. We have release of serotonin. We have dopamine regulation from meditation. All of these things happen. Some of them are short-term and some of them even last longer term. We even have evidence that certain immune system antibodies are boosted in very short periods of time. We can do the practice right now. Place your hands over your heart. And just feel your heart. This is all they did in the meditation in this particular study. Feel your heart. Feel your physical beating heart. And imagine somebody you love. Imagine sending them light and love. Imagine them smiling and at ease. About five minutes of just imagining that person happy. And what they found from doing before and after right after the meditation, as well as hours after, long periods after, they found an increase in a variety of chemicals that are important. One in particular is called secretary immunoglobulin A, SIGA. And that is a um, detector of how well your immune system is working. It's in your mucosal membranes. It traps invaders. And they found that this increase in some of the participants at 240%. So then they found that it lasted for hours afterwards. You had an increase of immune functioning and they reported that they felt more energetic for hours after just from visualizing somebody happy and sending them love and light. So these short practices have physiological benefits that we are uncovering that are similar to exercise. Like you said, it's like we're putting in the reps, we're exercising, I'd say our mind, body, and spirit, because it's not just a neural exercise. We're really affecting what's in our bloodstream. We're affecting our mindset. We're exercising a variety of things, um, but it's exercise, a type of exercise where we're putting in the reps and we're, we can get immediate results. And that's what I, I found. And that's why I put the one minute meditations in here, because I found I need, I need those immediate results too. Um, so maybe that's not the answer you're expecting, no, but I, I think it can get you immediate no, results. I think that's brilliant. I think and long-term also, obviously, practice 
daily and over the long term, you're going to improve your um, brain structure. We see that for people that practice consistently over time, about 10 minutes to 20 minutes a day is typically what's in the research studies. Whether you do that for six weeks or several years, that increases your gray matter density, the parts of your brain that are really important for us, especially as we age, they tend to degrade when we age. So we are countering that natural degradation that happens with age. So yes, long-term meditation, still try to develop a meditation practice, but these one minute meditations can provide immediate results too. Thank you for sharing that. You also spent some time in the book debunking so many myths. It's like every <laughs> section in the book has at least some myth that it's busy debunking. Um, what are some of the what were some of the myths that you personally had the most fun debunking um, or found most interesting to debunk when it comes to meditation? Hey, you're inspired tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the inspired evolution thriving my one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life that these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. You know, I, I thought that Diving into some of the hypnosis research was interesting. I've always been interested in hypnosis, and I notice a lot of the self-hypnosis um, online, they're pretty much yoga nidras, this 
guided meditation where we lie down. They're like a guided practice. And so a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I meditate. I do self-hypnosis. So I looked into it. I was like, okay, what is the definition of hypnosis? When we look into the true definition, when we look into the research and there are some overlaps between meditation and hypnosis. And somebody may be teaching a meditation that has hypnotic qualities, um, or maybe they are trained in hypnosis and they're integrating some hypnosis into a meditation. So there can be an overlap, but hypnosis itself is not meditation. With hypnosis, we tend to be open to an immediate like behavioral change, you know? With meditation, we tend to be just present. We're aware. We're aware that we're being aware. Now, with hypnosis, you're not always even aware that you're being aware. Some people, you know, report like not knowing that they were even, they kind of go to elsewhere. With meditation, you're aware that you're aware. That's the ability that you're developing. So they're different. And according to researchers, they are different. They have different neural activity involved. Um, but there are some overlaps and we could do a little bit of meditation in, in both worlds. Another interesting one, um, when my publisher talked to me about the title is they were like, oh, you should really talk about ASMR. That meditation technique sounds so interesting. Um, and I was like, ASMR is not a type of meditation. I mentioned it to Dr. Lazar. It's just like, no, it's not <laughs> meditation. <laughs> so ASMR is autonomic sensory motor response. And this is something that only a a certain percentage of people uh, experience and it's where you listen to certain sounds or there's a variety of ways you can induce it, but usually it's sounds and these sounds make your body tingle. Sometimes they call it like a head orgasm or a body orgasm. Cause it's like everything tingles. Even it feels like your brain is tingling to people that experience it. And when they listen to these sounds, ASMR is like the most popular search term on YouTube. <laughs> oh no, after this, you're going to be in like a whole <laughs> rabbit world hole searching. You just opened up a whole um, rabbit hole. Yes. It, it is one of the most pop popular types of videos on YouTube because people will watch it for hours and they feel so relaxed feeling this vibration sensation. And this is not meditation but you could, if you got that sensation, you could have somebody guide you through a meditation with those sounds and with that sort of voice that induces it. So we could do an ASMR meditation, but ASMR itself is not meditation. So it could be meditative. We could think of that as meditative, but it's not a type or a style of meditation. So those are some of the interesting ones that I, I was thinking about recently. There are 75 different meditation practices in the book. There's actually 83. Oh my God. We, um, we just thought it sounded better to say 75 plus. <laughs> my poor editor had to count it recently to make sure it was accurate. Um, and they range from, you know, the practice, like the, I guess the expected sitting um, all the way through to, you know, mindful gardening. Um, what are some of the, your favorite ones that you sort of come back to? I've, I, we've, 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 I love the minute, the minute one, which is like, take a minute ground or take a minute connect. Um, what I'd affectionately call the power pause. Um, 
But any other like interesting ones in there that um, are some of your favorites that other people tuning into the podcast might be also intrigued to tune into? Um, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, tune into, I think the sound section is fascinating. So you can use specific sounds to enhance your meditation. We think, oh, I can only meditate if it's silent. Well, whatever sound is present, could be your focal point of your meditation. Even a clicking sound of your of your radiator, that could be your focal point of your meditation. The sound of kids playing, you could be annoyed with it, at it at first, but then you could be like, you know what, there's joy in that. I'm going to focus on that and just feel the joy. I'm going to listen to the sound of the kids playing in the background. So that could be your focus. But also you can put on headphones or put on music that is specifically developed to change your brain waves, to encourage a better meditation, to help you focus better. So specific hertz or specific frequencies of sound induce specific brain waves patterns. And we find that listening to specific types of noises also have a pattern of bringing us into more relaxed brain waves, like that alpha brain wave pattern where we're relaxed and at ease. That's a typical brain wave that we go into. But then also there's theta brain waves, which theta brain waves are involved in like creativity and kids are in creative. Um, thinking and theta brain waves a lot, but adults don't go into them quite as much. So meditation can bring us into that and specific sound waves and frequencies can bring us into that theta frequency. Um, and we also can use types of meditations to go into brain frequencies that typically we're not going into unless we're sleeping, delta brain waves. So that is something that we can get into is like getting the benefits similar to that of sleep. But while we're awake and alert and aware of being aware, like in a yoga nidra practice. And when you put on sounds that are designed to enhance your meditation practice, then you are kind of doubling the impact. You are getting the the effects of what they call in the research digital drugs. That's what researchers call these sounds. They call them digital drugs. And so we're getting the effects of the digital drugs and the effects of the meditation. So that can enhance your practice. So for example, I'm right here by the beach right now. And if I have my windows even cracked, I hear the sound of the waves, which depending on how harsh the waves are, they could be pink noise or brown noise. So sounds also have a color that I talk about in the book and that more uh, intense waves that or like waterfalls um, that is really good for sleep and enhanced focus. And the wave sound, that brown noise from the wave sound really helps me focus all day long. So having those in the background of a meditation could help your recording of waves if you like waves or waterfalls. So I found that fascinating that we can use sounds to enhance our practice. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I would highly recommend everybody getting a copy of the book. (laughs) Um, I'll put a link to um, the website for the book in the show notes below. Um, Do you have a recommendation for people that want to connect 
to maybe they're coming back to meditation or they want to practice meditation for the first time um obviously meditation for the real world.com is where you can find the book finding peace in everyday life um and recommendations for people looking to experience meditations um that potentially haven't done it before yeah yeah for ordering the book you get a bonus so go to meditationfortherealworld.com and just fill out the form there once you've ordered the book and you get a 14 days of meditation sent to you that includes these sounds i use the sounds to enhance your practice to change your brain waves and i give you a variety of techniques as well as techniques that you can apply in your day like those one minute meditations through that 14 days so i'd really recommend that those are like 14 meditations you've never done before i know that even if you've done a lot of meditation there's something in there that's new um, so meditation for the real world.com is the best way to connect with me. I have a YouTube channel too. So you'll, you'll, you'll link that below. It's Anne Swanson wellness. Absolutely. The intention behind the book being out there in the world now, and what is your, like, what is your heart's desire for what this book, um, can do for the world? I, I hope that this book helps support people. I hope it's by on their coffee table, by their bedside, something they can pick up and get inspiration or use as a handbook. You know, I'm dealing with a panic attacks. I'm one needing to focus before a test, whatever your issue is, using the index and going to it to, to help you solve that particular concern. And I hope that from this, um, my dream... <laughs> That I've just been sharing with people right now is I'd like to have a meditation studio in the metaverse or somehow with Apple Vision coming out in the virtual world because I think that to be able to go into a space and meditate use these sounds use these visuals that we know can enhance your your brain waves and your practice uh, that's my dream I don't know how it happened so that's why I thought I'd put it out there because maybe somebody uh, knows how to make that a reality and you can email me at info at science of dot yoga. Yeah, that would be so awesome. <laughs> but that's my dream. Like the big thing I'm manifesting right yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, cause there's a, there's a whole section in there dedicated to meditating with others. And uh, yeah, that didn't even occur to me. Touch wood. Well, we mm. meditated online with the inspired evolution, but actually using the metaverse and just that sensory sort of yeah. experience to meditate with others as well. That's super trippy. I love where your head's at. <laughs> um, thank you so much for, yeah, just again, I will say on many levels, the work that you're doing in the world, also making the book so approachable. Uh, like I said, the aesthetics, the visuals, the, the index, and even just the the order in which it's written and um, yeah, just the way it debunks myths. And it's such a gorgeous book. I think, yeah, I want to thank you for the book. I want to thank you for sharing yourself and the time and energy here today about the book. Um, and also just yeah, sharing yourself so abundantly, the journey that you've been on and you know, being so open about sharing your challenges as well. Um, and just yeah, helping promote and share the, the positivity that is meditation and all the 83 different types of meditation that are available to us at our <laughs> fingertips through this book. Thank you so much, Sister May. I really appreciate yes. it. Thanks for having me. It's the book um, 
is just just coming out now so this is one of my big first conversations about it and i'm looking forward to many more like this because this is a, a truly a timeless book just as meditation is timeless thank you so much for tuning into this amazing episode of the inspired evolution without you the inspired evolution tribe this podcast would not be what it is today thank you so much for your love and your support thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve it's truly inspiring if you haven't already done so please subscribe to the inspired evolution on youtube the home of the inspired evolutions video podcast we release inspiring conversations such as this every week along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 